Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We are now in our God is Able Sermon Series. In this life, it is so easy for us to settle for the ordinary. We wake up and typically have the same routine every single day. Yet our God created us to live an extraordinary life. There is no one in the world exactly like you, and God wants you to reach your full potential. This involves us growing deeper and deeper into Christ while following Him every day. His plans for us are immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. So let's trust Jesus and live out our extraordinary lives. Let's listen in. Oh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So grateful for all that God's doing in His church. And I love being on this journey with you. Now, last week we began a brand new series. So we're just right at the start of this series, and it's an incredible series. We talk about God is able. God is able. And I love this series. It couldn't come at a better time, right? School starting back, new ministry year, right? You know, there's new football year, so hope is in the air, right? You know, it's like all these days are kind of starting off now. For us as a church, we celebrated 20 years this year, and now we're looking forward to the next 20 and talking about how do we go forward in Christ into the unknown, but God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So we have this theme verse here at Rolling Hills, and I'm gonna put it up on the screen, and I'd love for us just to read it aloud together. Okay, so you ready? Here we go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Now, I want to encourage you to memorize those two verses, right? Just put that in your mind, in your heart. You know, it talks about hide God's word in your heart. And so for us to have that scripture, and I think it's so powerful. Now, last week we talked about start with God. Now to him. He is God, we are not, you know? And the sovereignty of God that we see in the world today, even as we go out and just look up at the stars of the universe, that he is God. And today we're talking about this. Now to him who is able that our God is able to take care of whatever we face in our lives, that God is able. I remember uh, as a kid, I grew up in a great home. I'm so thankful for my parents. I had incredible parents, took me to church and gave me a spiritual foundation. I I loved being a kid, played a lot of sports. It was so fun. Uh, But I also remember there was a few things that, that I was kind of afraid of, you know, and I remember laying awake at night and thinking about some things that were just totally random. You know, like one of them was quicksand. I don't know why, I just thought I had quicksand. Like, I, I don't know. I, I had mapped out this whole thing in my head about how I would escape if I ever fell into quicksand. I don't know if I was watching the movie Princess Bride or what it was, but, but there was quicksand, you know? And how was I going to get out of this quicksand? And, and then there was like black holes. Like, I just thought, oh, if I'm in space, what am I going to do if there's a black hole, right? The Star Wars and Star Trek. And, and then there was the King Cobra. I always thought about that. Maybe it was Indiana Jones, but I. I always thought in my mind, I'd lay awake at night and go, how am I going to handle a King Cobra? You know, like, do you grab the tail? Do you try to like push out of the way? Do you put the hood and try to close it up? I mean, there's all these things that you just kind of have to figure out, right, in life, because I didn't know what I was going to face. But here's the thing about fear, right? Fear is false evidence appearing real. That's what it is. False evidence appearing real. Now, I've lived a lot of life, and I've never fallen into quicksand, right? I've lived a lot of life, and if I do, I'm ready, you know, for that. But here's the thing, right? There's all these battles that we face. There's all these fears that come at us. Now, you grow up from a kid, and you get to be an adult, and you start to go, wow, I still have these fears. You know, there's still these things that happen in my life. But now they're bigger, and the consequences are bigger, and 
what would happen with world events and how is that going to happen and impact my family and what's going to happen in my life and what would I do, right? What about my kids and the world that they're growing up in? What about my grandkids? What are they going to face? And many times we lay awake at night and we run these scenarios. What about the stock market? Oh no, what if it all falls apart? What's going to happen to me? You know, and we think about these things and we can't sleep at night. And here's the thing. Fear is always going to be there, right? We are always going to have to fight against fear. But when you are in the Lord, you start to move in your life from fear to faith. From fear to faith. And how you move in that equation is this. God is able. How you begin to move in your life from living this life of fear and not the sleepless nights and you still face the battles and the struggles, but you realize God is able. And God moved me in my life from living as a person of fear to living as a person of faith. And God, that I'd be a person who trusts you all day in my life. And when those fears come, God, that I would just, in my mind, in my heart, know this, God is able. And I pray that for all of us. Hey, if you have a Bible today, I invite you up with me to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. What a great book of the Bible. Man, I love it. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back. Love for you to grab one. It's free. Put your name in it. You're online. You go to the church app, the church center app, and we've got the scripture for you there. But as you're turning to Joshua, so go kind of to the front of your Bible. You're right. got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. Then you get into Joshua. And so let me set the stage for you as we dive into Joshua. God creates, right? Genesis chapter one and two. God created man for a relationship with him. So you ever wonder, why am I here? Why am I on this earth? You were created for a relationship with God. And that's why life doesn't make sense apart from God, right? There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. So God creates Adam and Eve, puts them in this beautiful garden. They're in right relationship with God. They're in right relationship with each other. Things are great in their marriage. Things are great. And then sin Right? They say, God, I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. And sin enters into the picture. So now you've got a holy God and sinful man. But God didn't give up on them, and God doesn't give up on us. <laughs> so God set into motion a plan to redeem mankind. He calls a guy named Abram in Genesis 12, right? Leave your country, your people, go to a land I will show you. And Abram, who was polytheistic, who worshiped idols, that's what his family did, trusted God and went on this journey of faith. And he left the early Chaldeans, comes to the promised land, begins to live in this land that God had given to him and his descendants and to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And they're in this land and it's amazing. In fact, Israel's still there today, right? In this incredible land. Well, then there's a famine in the land. So all the people go down to, to Egypt for a while. Joseph's down there, he's second in power, says, come on down. They get down there in Egypt. And then after a while, a Pharaoh comes to power who knows not Joseph, he enslaves God's people there. And for 400 years, they're living there in bondage until they call out to God. God, deliver us. God, set us free. You know, we can still call out to God today, right? And they call out to God and God sends Moses. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, Pharaoh, let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, no way, right? I'm God, he's not. Moses goes, watch this, right? And 10 plagues happen. And finally, Pharaoh goes, you're right. He's God, I'm not. And a million plus people walk out of Egypt. They just walk out. And they're heading back to the promised land. They get to the border there, the Jordan River, to go to the land. And they think, wait a minute. There's probably a lot that's happened in 400 years. Probably a lot of people have moved in. Let's go check it out first. So they send 12 spies into the land. And these 12 spies go and they tour for 40 days. They come back and they have this incredible fruit. And they're like, wow, 
They're in a beautiful land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's awesome. God had prepared a perfect place for us. But 10 of the spies go, we can't do it. No way. There are giants in the land. We need to be afraid. We can't take it. And only two of the spies, Joshua right here and Caleb said, let's go. Our God is able. Let's go. He just delivered us out of Egypt. Come on. But no, the people stayed in the desert for 40 years till an entire unbelieving generation died off. An entire unbelieving generation. And God raised up a believing generation. And Joshua is now leading the people. Joshua, who was an apprentice under Moses. So Joshua grew up, right? And just hearing the stories of faith, watching miracles happen. And now Joshua's like, let's do it. Let's trust God. So Joshua chapter one, they head in the land, right? You know, in Joshua chapter one and two and three, God speaks to him, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua three, they go in, Joshua four and five. And now we come to Joshua chapter 10. Now God moves a lot of people out, but there's still battles to fight. The first one, they walk around Jericho, the walls and the walls come tumbling down. We just sang about it. And now we see a big battle that's coming up. So chapter 10, verse one, it says, Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and his king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. So you can read about that in Joshua chapter nine, but Gibeon, this major city, says, Wow, God is with you. We're joining you, right? Give us peace. Well, he and his people, the king of Jerusalem there, and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than I, and its men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japheth, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. And so these five kings come against Gibeon because they made peace with Israel. Then the five kings of the Ammonites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with their troops and they took positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal. Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us because the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. Say, so send word to Joshua. Joshua, help. We have a peace treaty, right? Come to our aid. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, I love this. The Lord said to Joshua. So God spoke to him. Do not be afraid. <laughs> Maybe you don't need to hear anything else today. I can stop right there. He's like, okay, that's great. That's all I need to hear, right? Because I got these fears. I got these worries. I got this anxiety right now. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. Okay, these guys, I mean, they were in shape, okay? Because it's 15 to 20 miles from Gilgal up to Gibeon. You're going uphill. These guys all night long, they're marching up there. And when it becomes daylight, boom, they're on them. They attack them, they get them by surprise. And the Lord, I love this, the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. 
So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Then Israel pursued them along the road going to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Man, how crazy is that? God's like, here, I'll fight for you. Watch this. And hailstones are taking these guys out and Israel's chasing them. Well, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Now notice that. He said to the Lord, he prayed this in the presence of all of Israel. So everybody hears him praying. And he prays this bold prayer. Sun, stand still over Gibeon. And you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Joshua prays the sun would stand still. See, Joshua had them on the run. Joshua knew if the sun goes down, right, they're gonna have the cover of darkness. They're gonna get back to their cities. We have a chance right now to defeat five kings instead of fighting five separate battles. God, just let the sun not go down. Give us more daylight to win this. Well, look at this, verse 13. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. (laughs) There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Okay, that's amazing. That is a miracle. I mean, that is awesome. I I love history. I I do. I love, you know, man, archaeology and biblical geography, and I love science. But do you know, like, if you go back and study this, ancient historians will tell you that the calendar back in this day is missing one day. In fact, even there are scientists out of Harvard and University of Maryland who've studied this. And what they've seen is there's actually 23 hours and 20 minutes missing from around this time. And I just go, the sun stood still for about a full day. God just said, watch this. I'm gonna win the battle. I'm gonna take care of this. Joshua, you guys just be obedient, but watch what I can do. Guys, that's the same God that is alive and active today. The same God who was doing miracles back there is the same God who is with you and for you. Let us remember, our God is able. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I would love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide with you, if you're online, you wanna pull out the Church Center app, man, we'd love for you to just to write some things down with us today. First of all, I want you to see this. We are in a spiritual battle. Joshua knew it. There's gonna be battles to fight. There's gonna be things that are gonna happen. But we're in a spiritual battle. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but man, it is happening all around. Joshua marched from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Listen, we will all face battles in our life. Maybe when you walked in today, you're already in the midst of a battle. Maybe there's a fear, maybe there's a struggle, maybe there's something that you walked in with today and you're like, oh God, this is heavy. Maybe it's keeping you up at night. You have those sleepless nights. What is that? 
You know, the quote's been attributed to Plato that says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a battle. Everybody you meet. People at school, people at work. Sometimes you go, man, what, what's their deal? Well, we don't know. I mean, but they're probably going through a lot. Maybe they're going through a lot with their kids. Maybe they're going through a lot at home. I don't know. It's been said that we're either all in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or going into a crisis. And it's like, wow, that's encouraging, right? But, but that's part of being in a broken, fallen world. That's part of sin. It's part of hurt people, hurt people. But, but there's battles that we have to face. And when we begin to realize that, see, sometimes we think, well, if I just give my life to Christ, it's gonna be perfect. It's gonna be easy. There's not gonna be any challenges. There's not gonna be any struggles. And that's not right. We still live in this broken world. The promise of God is that he's with us in the middle of it. The promise of God is that he's growing us in the middle of it. The promise of God is that he's using us for his glory in the middle of it. But the fact is we still will face battles in our life. So often we forget. It's like we talked about last week, right? We forget about God. But God can do so much more than we can. You know, just like me laying there at night trying to figure out how to get out of quicksand. I mean, like, really? You know, like, I, that's been a lot of energy on that, you know? <laughs> Had a great plan. It was foolproof, right? But, it, but here I am, right? It, it, it didn't matter. I mean, God's the one that's kept me from getting into quicksand. Like, you know, I, I, I'm going to trust in Him. I want to hold on to Him. I want to move from fear to faith in my life. But immediately when the problem comes, we think about how do I solve this? How do I get out of this? How do I make this happen? Right? We are always going to those solutions. We're always thinking about us. We're always trying to figure out our way instead of going, okay, God, let me pray first. You know, when the news came to Joshua, I love that Joshua immediately, you know, turns to the Lord. And the Lord said, don't be afraid. Go, go fight. But Joshua's like, man, I'm gonna put him first. I'm gonna think about him first. Here's the thing in Ephesians. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So just as they had battles to fight back then, we have battles to fight today. And to remember that it's not just against flesh and blood, that the spiritual impacts the physical for us to know that. See, don't let the enemy get a foothold in your mind, your marriage, or your life. Satan's strategy, right, is to get a foothold in your mind. And there's a battle, and the battlefield's up here. A lot of times we think the battlefield's out there. The battlefield's here. Like, how am I gonna live for the glory of God? How am I gonna turn this fear over to him? Because Satan's gonna come at you all the time. Satan's gonna put it in your mind, right? Oh, well, you know, you can't do it, right? I mean, you look, at you, look at who you are. Look at all the mistakes you've made and you just need to live in guilt. You need to just kind of turn in on yourself. You know what? You're facing a problem that nobody else is facing. It's all you. And this only happens to you. And then we just kind of turn in, we turn in, we turn in and we isolate everybody else out. We stop praying, we start looking to God and, and, and Satan knows I'm gonna win the battle here instead of turning it and going, wait a minute, Satan, get out of my mind. God, take captive every thought in my mind and don't let it, the enemy get a foothold right there. You see what happens too is that the enemy wants to get a foothold in your marriage. Have you ever been having a disagreement in your marriage? Okay, we all have. Okay, we all, that's a part of marriage, right? There's this disagreement. But sometimes you have a disagreement and then it begins to escalate. And you, you look and you're like, hey, wait a minute, why are we yelling? What, what's the big deal? It was just dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, like, who cares? We'll figure it out, you know, but no. Satan's coming along and he's got a little foothold 
and he's going to escalate it, escalate it, escalate it. And then you find yourself saying things. You're going, why did I even say that? Stop. We're on the same team. We love each other. I love you. I care about you. Wait a minute. I'm not letting Satan get a foothold right here. I care too much about you. You are valuable to me. Come on. Sometimes in our life, right? We can live that defeated life when God's saying, I have so much more for you. See, trust. Trust God in your battles. Immediately when that battle comes, you go, hey, I'm turning over the Lord. Immediately when those thoughts come in, I'm turning it over the Lord. Immediately when those fears come in, I'm turning it over the Lord. Trust the Lord. C.S. Lewis, I love C.S. Lewis. He wrote a great book called The Screwtape Letters. And C.S. Lewis, right, he was an atheist for a long time and he's a brilliant thinker at Cambridge and, you know, God's wrestling in his soul and spirit. He's looking around at the heavens like, there's gotta be more. And then a friend, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote The Lord of the Rings, you know, leads him to Christ and he gives his life to Christ. And, and C.S. Lewis said, I was surprised by joy. I didn't think being a Christian was, was like this. There's joy, there's peace, there's hope, there's faith. He's like, it's incredible. And God used C.S. Lewis in so many ways, but he wrote the screw tape letters. And the screw tape letters, you can read them sometime, they're, they're great, but he, he kind of gives insight to what the demons are thinking when they war against Christians. And the demon strategy, he says, is this. Just make the Christians think that we don't exist. Make the Christians think that all they need is just a little bit of religion and then, you know, we're not really here and, and they can just kind of do their own thing and try to solve their own problems. And they don't really know that there's a spiritual battle happening. <laughs> there's a spiritual battle that's taking place, right? In our country, in our world, there is an enemy that wars against us. And for us as believers, we go, no, I'm gonna engage and I'm gonna trust that God is able. Okay, look at this. Pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers. This is big. Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, it wasn't like he goes, okay, God, maybe. You know, it's like, no, I'm gonna be bold. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out there. Sun stands still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. Joshua prayed bold prayers, do we? <laughs> Joshua, man, was a man of faith. And I know he watched Moses and I know he had that heritage. And, and I just think if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, for us, man, are we praying bold prayers? Are we raising up the next generation to be young men and women of fear or young men and women of faith? Are they looking at our lives and going, wow, man, I, I want to be bold like mom or dad. I want to be bold like my grandparents. I want to be bold like my aunts and uncles. I want to I be bold. Or, are they worried and anxious and fearful? Or are we saying, hold on, hold on. You be strong in the Lord. Joshua, Joshua was, and he lived it. See, most of our prayers are so benign, aren't they? We're late for work, and so we run out the door. Oh, I gotta pray, I gotta pray. God, help me to have a good day. Okay, you know, it's like, God's like, really? I mean, I've already given you a good day. I mean, you have breath in your lungs. You live in America, right? You've got a car, you got a job, you got whatever. You are blessed. But, but that's sometimes our prayer. God, help my kids to be fine. Help them to be fine. You're like, fine, really? Like, but, but that's it. And God's going to hold on, hold on, hold on. Start to pray bold. Start to pray big prayers. See, pray specific prayers. I, I love this. You know, I have a prayer journal and uh, I, every you know, morning I sit there, I write down prayers and, and I try to just get more specific. You know, like, God, you know, you know what's going on, but Father, I... I I give this, 
um, to you, Father. I give you this warrior. I give you this and what's going on with my kids. And God, I pray for this that they're going through. And the amazing part is having a prayer journal, right? You go back and you start looking and you see the way God's answered. You see how God's come through. You see how faithful God has been. And you're just like, oh, yes, yes. And I encourage you, you know, I don't know, go on Amazon, get you a journal, go somewhere, but man, have something with you that you're just writing down specific prayers. Now, here's the thing, right? God answers prayers that align with his will. You know, sometimes, well, I'll pray a specific prayer. God, give me a Lambo. I want a Lambo, right? I was gonna pray about that. And God's like, really? And you're like, I'll settle for a Porsche. Uh, you know, it's like, and God's like, really? I mean, come on. No, it has to align with God's will. And that's what you're seeing. Hey, God's like, I've given you this land. We're going to win this battle. I'm inviting you in and watch what happens. But when you and I start praying that, God, you know, you know, my child's not walking with you. (laughs) And God, I'm going to pray bold prayer, Father, that you would draw them back. If you can use me, use our family, use somebody else, God, I'm just praying, God, that there will be a miracle take place. Father God, you know, the illness that somebody's facing. And right now, God, I'm gonna pray about that. And I'm gonna pray specific, Father. I'm praying healing and hope in their lives. God, I'm gonna start praying. You start praying these specific prayers and you watch God answer. You watch God answer. See, you've gotta remember in your life, God is able. God is able. You know, God's not obligated, right, to answer all these prayers, but, but God is able. And God will answer the prayers in line with his will. They will happen. And when God makes a promise, God's gonna fulfill that promise. And God made a promise when you accepted Christ, God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There is no place that you can go that I'm not gonna be. I will be with you and I will be for you. And so God, let me remember that every single day. And here's the fact. God always answers our prayers. God always answers our prayers. And maybe you've prayed a prayer for a long time. You think, God's not gonna answer. God's not gonna answer. Uh, He will. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Exclamation point. I love when the Bible puts exclamation points. You know, it's just like, here you go. The Lord was fighting. Look, God answered Joshua's prayer and God answers prayers today. Some people think, well, miracles just happened back then. Miracles just happened in the Bible. And like, no, same God today. Same God today. Miracles still happen. Invite the God of the universe in. Ask him to come. Look, God answers all of our prayers. He answers in one of three ways. One, he answers yes. Man, we love that answer. We pray about something, happens. You're like, yes. Sometimes God answers no. (laughs) We don't like that answer as much. But I bet if you're a Christ follower and you start looking back over your life, you start to go, thank you, God, for some of these. Maybe you prayed about a job and, and you didn't get it. <laughs> but now you look back and you go, wow, that company went bankrupt. Thank you, God. You know, you, you know a lot more than I did. And in the moment I was mad at you, in the moment I was frustrated, maybe you remember dating somebody like in high school and you pray, oh God, they're the one. They're, our, they're it, they're one. And now you look back and like, thank you, Jesus. Like, wow, look where they ended up. You know, they, you are so good and look what you've done in my life. And so, There's times that we grow in our faith and we realize this is a good answer. This is a great answer. Thank you, God, because I can trust you. But sometimes God answers wait. See, God's preparing you for what God's preparing for you. God's preparing you for what God's preparing for you. And maybe there's more growth that needs to happen in your heart and your life. 
Maybe there's something in your life that you're going, man, I'm not patient enough to have that position or that place or that opportunity. I I would blow it. I would say something. God's working on my character. God's working on my integrity. God's working on my heart. But God answers every one of our prayers. I remember several years ago, I, I got a call and a guy in our church had fallen off a ladder and was in the hospital. And they were like, you got to hurry, you got to get here. So I drove as fast as I could, got over to Summit. And I remember walking in and his wife and his two boys are in the room and he is hooked to every wire. He hit his head. And I remember the doctors kind of were in the, out of the room and they were looking at me like, he's mm, not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And I remember in that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit just came over. And I was like, guys, let's pray. And his wife said the most amazing prayer and we stood there and we prayed and we prayed and I want to tell you I mean it was incredible but but he started making progress and progress and progress and weeks and months later and now I mean he's 100 percent he's totally well and the doctors they go we can't explain it I mean I tell you we, we it's a miracle we we see it every now and then but that was a miracle that happened he's over at our Nolensville campus and he sets up and tears down every Sunday and every time I see him I'm like you're a miracle he's like I know I'm a miracle and I'm just living it, man. I'm living it. God answers prayers. He still does those miracles. But (laughs) what if God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want? How do we handle that? (laughs) How do we handle those times in our lives when it doesn't turn out the way we think it should? There's a song by Mercy Me and it says this, I know you're able and I know you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. I know the sorrow and I know the hurt would all go away if you just said the word. But even if you don't, my hope is in you, Lord. And I just think that's so powerful because what we begin to understand is when I pray, I bring it to the Lord, but I'm putting it in his hands. God, would you answer? There was a guy years ago who called me and and he was a new believer. And he said, would you pray for my grandmother? She's in her 80s, but she helped raise me and she's been sick for a lot of years. And I'm just gonna start praying, God would heal her. God would heal her, God would heal her. And I was like, okay, man, I'll I'll pray with you. I'll join with you. Well, several weeks later, his grandmother passed. She went home to heaven. And and I thought, oh no, it's gonna wreck this guy. And I come to the service and he walked up and he had the biggest smile. And he said, Pastor Jeff, you wouldn't believe it. But what I realized is my my grandmother's well. God did heal her. She is home. And one day I'll be with her again. And instead of wrecking his faith, it grew his faith. It was like, it was a whole new perspective change. And he goes, man, I want her longer on this earth, but I'm going to have eternity with her. And I thought, yeah, you will. See, here's the thing that we've got to come to is this. The question becomes, do we love God or just his blessings? God, I'm going to press so deeply into you that God, whatever happens, I'm gonna trust that it's your will. God, I'm gonna grow deeper in you. I'm gonna hold on to you. I'm gonna see things the way you see them. God, grow me. God, grow me. You know, I think about a guy named Job, right? Go back in the Old Testament. And Job was a righteous man. And then all these things started to happen. His life is just like falling apart. And his wife comes to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? I'm like, thanks, honey. You know, like, and he's like, no. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but I'm gonna say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, here's the thing, right? 
God involves us in his answers to prayer. God involves you in me, in that. Joshua returned with Israel to the camp at Gilgal, right? Joshua still had to fight the battle. He didn't just stay at Gilgal and go, okay, I'm gonna be praying for you guys over there, you know, good luck. He's like, no, 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 God's invited me to go in. We're marching all night. We're going there. We're gonna fight the battle. Guys, join God in what he's doing. When we pray these prayers, like, oh God, I'm praying for my child. I'm praying that they would come to know you. Then step in and have a spiritual conversation. God, I'm praying for people at work. Well, maybe start a Bible study. God, I'm praying for people at school. Okay, that's an opportunity. Sharing Christ, sharing our faith. Opportunity for us to start to say, God, use me. You don't need me. You're sovereign. But God, you invite me in. I remember when we did our first mission trip to Moldova. And we went to Moldova and and we started working with these orphan kids. And I remember hearing the statistic that 60% of girls trafficked into prostitution came out of this country of Moldova, 4 million, 60% into Eastern Europe, and it broke my heart. And when we left that first year, we stopped in a sunflower field and we started to pray, God, God, somehow protect these kids. God, somehow do a miracle in this place. God, they're yours. And God said, you be involved. <laughs> and so for our, us as a church, for 20 years, you have faithfully prayed. You have faithfully gone. You have faithfully given. And God has been at work. Today, through Justice and Mercy International, a nonprofit we started, we have over a thousand plus orphans and vulnerable kids that are being sponsored that have somebody looking after them. We have 45 staff in Moldova. We have four transitional homes. Because we didn't just sit back and go, okay, I'm gonna pray about it. God says, get involved engage and watch what I'll do. See, here's the thing. You might be the answer to someone's prayer. When you invite somebody to church and they come and they find Christ, God's using you in that process. I remember a girl, was one of our first girls in our transitional home named Jazgul. And Jazgul said, I remember laying in the orphanage in Moldova at 14, knowing I had to leave at 15 and having no place to go. And I prayed to a God I didn't even know. God, save me somehow. Protect me somehow. And then you at Rolling Hills and JMI had a house and y'all invited me in and I came. And then some people in the church got me a scholarship to come to Lipscomb University and she came and she studied. And now Jazgul has gone back to Moldova. She's working for the UN and God has her there working with Ukrainian refugees and orphan children in Moldova. You may be the answer. And for you and I to engage, for you and I to say, God, my life is yours. I am your servant. God, use me for your glory. Because ultimate victory, ultimate victory is found in God alone. See, Joshua knew that. We're just gonna trust. We're gonna go forward. We're not gonna be on the defense. We're gonna go for the glory of God and watch God do what only God could do. When you came in today, you received a little piece of paper and I, this is your homework for this week. I just wanna just encourage you my bold prayer. If you're online today, man, you can have a place on your notes and just write down the answer. But, but would you start to pray a bold prayer? Would you start to say, God, I, I wanna see you do a miracle. And maybe it's in your own heart and life. Just say, God, free me from the guilt, from the shame, from the worry. God, I need you in my heart and my life. Jesus, come into my heart. And maybe for you, it's for a child, for reconciliation, or maybe it's redemption. Maybe for you, there's a relationship that's been broken and you just say, God, come in. Maybe for you, it's your marriage. 
and just say, God, bring healing, bring hope. Maybe for you, it's for a future marriage. And God, I want to marry a godly man or godly woman. God, you can do it. And I'm afraid. Maybe it's a career, a job. Maybe it's finance. I don't know. But would you just trust God and say, I'm going to pray a bold prayer. God, I want to give this to you. I want to give this to you. Let's pray right now. Father God, we need you. God, we thank you that you are able, that God, you are able to take our greatest fear, that God, you are able to fulfill our greatest desire, that God, you are able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You are that God, the God who does miracles. So I pray, Father, today that you would come into our hearts, that you would come into our lives, that you would come into our homes, that you would come into our families. You would come in, Father, in a way that we would see you and follow you and trust you. Thank you, God, for your presence this morning. Teach us <laughs> to pray bold prayers. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any friends and family in your life who may benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.